Hello and welcome to Decom Decoded, the podcast all about our favorite Disney Channel movies of yore. I am your host, Liz. And I'm Mike. And we are here to take Mike, a Decom novice, through the ins and outs of all things Disney Channel original movies. As a self-professed Decom aficionado, I will take a trip down memory lane and break down my nostalgia and fondest memories of every movie. I did not grow up watching DCOMs, so in each pod, I'll give my first take on what the movie is about based solely on the movie poster. Then together we will watch the movie, me for the millionth time, and me for the very first time, and we will decode hidden meanings, life takeaways, how the movie holds up now, and more. So with that, get ready to blast off because we're talking about Xenon, girl of the 21st oh, century. Oh, I've, I've at least heard about this. Tonight. Zeta's a penis. Blast off with a Disney Channel original movie, Xenon, girl of the 21st century. No air duct cruising, no recycle bin diving, and please try to stay out of restricted zones. She's your typical cosmic kid who's been grounded. Shuttle departure in three minutes. But when disaster hits home base, it's up to Xenon to save her family and friends up in space. Everybody up there is in danger mortis. Watch Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, starring Kirsten Storms and Raven, tonight at 8, 7 Central on Disney Channel. Just a quick personal update. Um, I have been hit with a pretty bad about the mold is trying to kill me. Is Allergy ultimately. season is upon us here. Jesus Christ. I mean, let me tell you. I mean, I know it's it's pretty lame to complain about allergies like everyone <laughs> has has them but for some reason today has been extra bad yeah. so well here we are mike i'm going to go ahead and text you the poster so you can you now you've you've heard All the right. title yep and now you get to take a, a look at some awesome shit okay i have at least heard about this movie it would be hard to exist yes in this time and not hear about ha xenon but yeah having having a lot of decom you know, people in my life, all I've heard is, oh, are you guys going to do Xenon? Mm -hmm. Have you guys done Xenon yet? Well, and you you mentioned last week that you were like, you know, Suzy Q is a fine movie. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess in my head, I had a little bit more nostalgia for Suzy Q than I did just on rewatch. But this I know it's going to hit really hard. Okay. So that's why I was like, let's let's bring back like an absolute 100% winner. I'm looking at the movie poster now. It's exactly what I imagined. Just seeing the twinkle in people's eyes whenever they talk <laughs> about Xenon. <laughs> this is exactly what I was expecting. The twinkles are worth it. Yes. So Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. That's the title I'm looking at. It's like in a neon, you know, it's like a play on neon Xenon. Um, she's mm, one. Never galactic. noticed that before, yeah. but you're so right. <laughs> There's a subhead on it. She's one galactic girl who saves the day in a stellar way. <laughs> Exclamation. Two girls on the cover. Their background, it looks like a... Uh, I'm going to guess it's like a space station. So maybe they're from... They're either from the future or they are an alien race coming to Earth. Mm. Those are my two guesses. Okay. I can't... I, I don't really know. Mm -hmm. That appears to be Raven Simone, which I've seen or heard of at least. She's been in the zeitgeist in my Very childhood. Very popular yes. in the world of Disney in these times. Uh, but she's kind of in the background. So I'm guessing she's not Xenon. Who I'm guessing is Xenon is this white girl mm -hmm. with, uh, with bangs. <clears throat> they both have futuristic... Or what I would call futuristic clothing on. Um, they're like pink, pink spandex. I mean, yeah, it's like a full-on pink leotard bodysuit. Okay, that's what it appears, and they're both wearing it. And now that I'm looking at this, I'm actually like kind of surprised I've never done this for Halloween. 
and I'm wondering yes. if I need to do this. Yes. Because this is very achievable. I'm, yes, I'm very sure that you are going to do this next Halloween. Well, because like Y2K fashion is like in now and I feel mm -hmm. like you would pretty easily, that's maybe an embarrassing thing to say, but it's true. Um, they both have like a pair of what looks like Skechers platform shoes on. They're the same shoes. She's a girl of the 21st century, so I'm going to, I'm just going to knock out that idea that they're from an alien planet. Okay. I think they're from the future. They're on a space station or something. There's some reason why they have to go to what we call the present. So they go back in time. And she's one galactic girl. Well, this is a galactic girl who saves the day in a stellar way. So maybe they are aliens. Ooh. <sighs> this is tough. And this one is, a, is a particularly like, I feel like Smart House. This is actually a high res <laughs> Photo I can actually see them this time. <laughs> um, but like for Smart House and definitely for Susie Q, the posters are a lot more obscure. There's just I, like, nothing going hard on. Hard to in read. Them. Like this is just like pretty straightforward. You've got a, like even like a log line on the poster, but it's still not. I mean, it's not fully telling you everything, but it's giving you a clearer picture. It's just like it's not like funny enough to like come up with a crazy. Yeah. Line. Yeah. It's just, well, there's some context clues here. There's 21st century. There's galactic girl. Saves the day in a stellar way. There's there's space involved, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then other than that, I don't really get a sense of what the hell is going on or what will happen. So I'm very curious to see what all the fuss is about. Because I know that this is a very beloved movie. So it must be a banger. It's a banger. I'm really, really excited to watch this, especially like, you know, I don't want to give too much away about the movie, but I will say you're right about the space aspect, which okay. you, it's hard to be wrong about that. So I'll give okay. you I'll give you that only to say that that you are a big fan of space Look, I, and um, space travel, huge sp space, space ships. Guy. Yes. Um, just general aeronautics is yes. kind of your. Are you, so you're saying that this is interstellar for kids? Maybe not quite that <laughs> intense, oh. but there, uh, I mean, there are some very good, like, I guess you could call them action sequences. Okay. I really, really like it. Okay. Um, this, this bodes well. And I do, I, and I would like to say that I actually maybe watched this during the pandemic. And I think Reach I back remember being like, back. this oh. movie fucking rocks. <laughs> if not during the pandemic, at least like within the last 10 years, I've oh, like, watched okay. Xenon. I'm really excited for you to watch it. I'm okay. really excited to watch it. So in some of the other ones that we've watched, you hadn't seen in years and years and years. And Correct. then when we revisited, you're like, Ugh. Uh -huh. but for this one, you recently revisited it. It might have been. It might have still not been, fucks. Yes. It might not have been during the pandemic, but it was, like I said, probably within the last 10 years. Okay. And I think the nostalgia part of it is big, but the reality is this movie fucking rocks. <laughs> Well, shit, and it I'm stands excited. alone. I think you're really going to enjoy it. And um, it's hard for me not to talk about so many things that I remember about it. So I think let's just st let's stop talking. Let's yeah, start let's watching, baby. With all of that, we're going to now watch the movie. We'll kind of revisit whether or not Mike hit it on the head with his guess or if he was completely wrong. And then we'll talk a little bit about the movie. So ready to go. Here we go. Xenon. Let's do it. We're going to space. Girl. 
Cetus Lapidus, we're back. <laughs> oh, Cetus Lapidus. Wow. Uh, what a ride. Yeah, that was As I, as was I great. often say. <laughs> um, so I think you and I both really enjoyed this film, enjoyed the experience. Uh, but I did want to quickly revisit um, what you thought this movie was about before yes. we get into what it actually is about. <laughs> yes. So Some inaccuracies there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say 90% accurate. So you were correct in that they're in a space station. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's in the future. Yes. You did, however, think that um, they are an alien race. Yeah. <laughs> they, are, they are not, I guess. No, they're not. <laughs> not yet. Not. I mean, like... I guess the definition of an alien isn't that inaccurate. I mean, they're living not on Earth. Yeah, I mean, she... Right. Like, she kind of grew up on the space station. Xenon did. I think she says she moved there when she was five. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. So, it was very apparent that whenever she had to go down to Earth, which we'll get into, that she didn't really know what the hell was going on. So... A so lot of an mysteries. Alien, an alien among us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So she feels probably like very similar to what an alien might feel like if they had to come to Earth after living on their space <laughs> <Yeah>. station <laughs> for however many years. Okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about what this movie is about. Um, some fun facts. Uh, so this movie came out 24 years ago, which is important to note because the movie takes place in the year 2049. Mm which is only 26 years from now. Whoa. Which is pretty crazy to yeah, think about. I think so. Um, <laughs> That's a lot of numbers. I don't remember all that. I, I just I just had to I just had to write that down because it felt pretty significant that that fact felt significant <laughs> to me. Um, it's also only the fifth decom. Um, oh, really? Yeah, so That's interesting. This movie sort of like really sets the tone for future decoms. Mm-hmm. And really gets the rhythm and kind of, you know, the classic tropes of what you might see in a Disney Channel movie moving forward. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a good one also for you. And, and also, again, just a classic. Everyone everyone knows Xenon. I feel like if, if you don't really know the Disney Channel universe, right. you might know Xenon. It's yeah. like one of those. I kind of. I kind of came in having some reverence towards it, even though I hadn't seen it before. Just knowing that if anyone talks about Disney Channel original movies, Xenon comes up in the conversation very early. Yeah. This is like the one. Yeah. Um, so, it's really surprising that it's like uh, one of the first handful. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it seemed very buttoned up. They, I think they definitely got got into their stride mm-hmm. with this one. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the plot. So, Xenon Carr, she is a 13-year-old girl who lives with their family on an orbiting space station in 2049. And after getting into trouble with the space station's commander, Edward Plank, Xenon's parents punish her by grounding her to Earth to live with her Aunt Judy, who is afraid of space. Further hijinks ensue, and a duplicitous plot to destroy the space station is revealed. It turns out, that Xenon is the only one who can ultimately save the day. Oh my gosh. I know. Crazy. So much. Uh, so this movie is based on a 1997 children's science fiction picture book written by Marilyn Sadler and illustrated by Roger Bolin. Um, and this film was actually originally conceived as a pilot for a potential television series. Oh, that's interesting. So it is not a, it's not new news to you that this is just one of 
three movies in this, in what we might call the Xenon franchise. <laughs> um, so they did do that to an extent. Um, it's also worth noting that the actor who plays Protozoa um, said there was a 2022 or sorry, a 2020 reunion. It was like during COVID times when uh, literally anyone and everyone was doing zooms. a reunion. Yeah. <laughs> reunion yeah everyone was doing it. It was the cool thing to do. And so, yeah, they got the cast back together. It was Xenon, Protozoa and Greg um, on a zoom, but he, the, the actor uh, says that the blonde tips were actually a personal character choice, not something that's written in the script. Oh, wow. So okay. he went to the audition. I think he had, uh, a handful in the second audition, he decided he was going to bleach his tips. <laughs> and they're like, well, I guess we're going with this guy. Cause the, in the, I think the, the creators or whoever the writers, director, what have you, they said that the, the vibe and the inspiration was kind of like a sting type of character, which sting has bleached blonde hair. Oh. So maybe that's why he decided sting. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Why sting? I just my this eye is, roll was so intense just what, now. What year did this come out? Nineteen ninety nine. That's a strange, strange choice to model it after Sting in nineteen ninety nine, which is yeah. I feel like Sting had his moment. Sting is in uh, the Wedding Singer, right? He is. Okay, that yes. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm sorry. No, no. That's uh. Billy Billy Idol. Billy Idol. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I thinking of then? <laughs> I'm not picturing. I got, I got my white men mixed up. Yeah, tough. All right. Well, anyhow, so yes, that was the inspiration for the character of Protozoa, and uh, th- so this is an, an an additional segment that I decided to add in because I simply couldn't not include this. So in my research, I stumbled upon a review of this movie. So just get ready okay. because this is really going to blow your mind. A movie that not even Martin Scorsese could create, as his microscopic brain couldn't create the masterpiece that is Xenon. The cinematography is quite literally out of this world. Pun intended. (laughs) It is as if you're seeing each frame like a painting that only Da Vinci could create. The acting is so hypnotizing that you would think you were watching real people in a real space station. Speaking of which, the CGI in this movie is jaw-droppingly beautiful. I almost thought everything in this movie was created in the real world. The soundtrack is so hauntingly beautiful that I could cry every time I heard those words from Mr. Protozoa himself. Zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom. I'm even crying just typing those beautiful words. This movie is a masterpiece that stands the testament of time. It's just a shame they casted younger pro Jared as the love interest. 10 out of 10. <laughs> what, what does that mean? So, okay. So I will get into what that means because I, I had the same question. Um, this review was submitted, by the way, by Carlos Rodriguez two years ago. <laughs> oh my God. So Carlos, okay. if you're out there, I hope you're listening. <laughs> What's this after? I bet you he watched the COVID Zoom special uh yeah and then maybe i don't know perhaps he's like oh let's revisit this and was waxing poetic i don't know i'm also I'm to making say, up excuses i mean for this is probably this must be a joke i mean to say that the cgi is jaw-droppingly beautiful is <laughs> a stretch in the broadest sense i mean I, it, it was it was opposite. cgi it was trash it yeah. looks like a computer game it, no i mean it looks like a cartoon yeah it didn't look jaw-droppingly beautiful and that's for sure but so, okay, so just, I had to look this up because I was like, what is a pro Jared? 
<laughs> what exactly is pro, Jerry? Yeah. What exactly would you say we do here? <laughs> Um, and let me tell you, I did not expect to uncover what I found. Um, so this is a very small segue because this is just a very good. A yes, weird yes, thing yes. Um, before we get into the movie. So Pro Jared is, or I guess I suppose was, a very popular YouTube gamer who came under fire in 2019 for soliciting sexually explicit photos from underage fans, which what? I don't mean to laugh. It's really gross, but... Um, which is to say why Carlos says it's a shame that they, they, uh, casted a younger pro Jared. Oh, okay. I mean, like it kind of looks like Greg. It does not look like Greg. No. So really like <laughs> bold statement, but yeah, if you're interested in learning more about the story of pro Jared, there is an hour and 22 minute YouTube document documentary titled lies, deception and pro Jared, the story of pro Jared. <laughs> This is the time, like, this is why the research for these movies is so funny, because I find myself in the corners of the internet yeah. that I did not intend to end up in. Um, so <laughs> I, I hear you're uh, really active on Reddit now, so I'm sure that there's Listen, plenty I've of Reddit. Know what Orange Theory workouts are happening. <laughs> Let's talk about, you know, what worked and what weirdly held up. Um, I will say the tech overall for sure. Yeah. There's oh, vlogging. Absolutely. She's basically essentially wearing an AirPod yep. at She's certain had, points. She has AirPods. They have iPads. The internet overall. They FaceTime. Oh, yeah. Um, There's plenty of that. Um, also, what related to FaceTiming, the, just the idea of stopping everything you're doing to take a FaceTime or to be on FaceTime, um, that really held up and that wasn't necessarily like a specifically technology thing. But it was like the consequence of all this technology. Well, and I thought that was interesting, too, because they really they really do emphasize that because I think like a lot of times, even in, in like movies that have come out within the past, like five or so years mm -hmm. with FaceTime in it, I feel like they make it feel like, oh, this person's in the room with me, like even in like advertisements and things yeah. and, like Facebook portal, which I don't even know if it, that exists anymore, <laughs> but they try to make it feel like you're just like a part of the conversation, but that is never how it works. You're always right. like awkwardly getting passed around to different people in the room. Yeah. And like the other people don't know how to like interact. It's obvious that it's a type of interaction that is through technology. Like mm -hmm. nothing can replace like you being in the room, actually talking to someone. And that in and of itself is evidenced just by the sheer fact of we all kind of worked from home during COVID. I still work from home. You still work from mm -hmm. home. And there is a marked difference between doing a Zoom meeting and doing an in-person meeting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The difference is truly remarkable. Like, nothing, it's just the flow of conversation is so much different. Nothing nothing beats like an actual person-to-person -person conversation. You know, it has everything has its pros and cons in different ways, but I did think that that was an interesting detail that you noted mm -hmm. in that. You do have to stop everything. <laughs> yeah. you. I mean, they were in the middle of running, uh, like the space station was breaking down or whatever. This is towards the end of the movie. But it was really funny because Raven, which we'll get into later, but Raven was trying to do her thing, trying to do her part. And then she's she's running in the middle of the hall and then stops everything to take this call from Xenon, which I laughed out loud at because I was just like, oh, yeah, that's Relatable. actually how it is. Like, yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is like they had these uh, we'll call them iPad devices. Mm -hmm. They had these iPad devices. And another thing that was interesting that really held up to me was. Um, one of the devices had like parental controls. So like Xenon yes. wanted to go in and like do something. And then, you know, the, you know, the animatronic uh, voice comes out of the 
parental control, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, yeah. That, that, Which that. I thought was really fucked up. I was like, first of all, <laughs> Xenon gets sent to Earth to live with Aunt Judy, and then she's excommunicated from her friends? <laughs> right, yeah. That's so rude. And like, that's the only method to which she can converse with her friends uh, on the space station is to actually FaceTime with them, so... Yeah, I mean, too bad. Pretty fucked up of her parents to do. In general, I did feel like, um, in terms of like how and why they're there in the first place, and there in terms of in the space station, they did do some nice exposition at the beginning as to like what's going on, Mm -hmm. and it all happened like very quickly, like (laughs) to the point where we had to like pause the movie several times to be like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Watching these movies and active watching and active listening is is hard especially for something like this because there is so much space jargon and stuff which we'll get into and we had the closed captions on it was like really hard to keep up with everything um so hopefully we don't miss anything here yeah well i did like they had some nice exposition at the beginning to explain the whole like space station and all of that and there were also some nice like in the beginning they they have some nice personal touches that kind of show like even though they're in the space station it's still you know She's not that different from a person on Earth. There's like photos of her as a kid and mm-hmm. just like very like teenage moments that they have of like her and Raven like swapping outfits and yeah. stuff like that. That's just like celebrities. We're just like you, but, <laughs> but make it space. <laughs> uh, another like technology uh technology related thing that really held up was you know they kept having classes on the space station but their teacher was like a hologram Mm -hmm. i feel like that's a very kind of you know prototypical representation of what the future is and then we do see some of that kind of coming in real life but we're still waiting kind of waiting for that moment where we actually do have like the star wars 3d hologram type situation where we're talking either talking to someone or watching a recording mm-hmm. you know we have we have those like one-off things where like tupac is on stage or whatever <laughs> but like we haven't quite gotten there <laughs> yeah i forgot about that yeah i also i i agree with that and i think in general too the the community in the space station i really mm. thought was very nice like yeah, they had a whole they had a whole thing going on yeah they have a whole it just reminded me of like people who live in a commune kind of <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what it is. And it basically is. I mean, they're all they're all working towards a shared goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Surviving in space. <laughs> pretty much. I just, I did like the community. Like, everyone kind of knows each other. And, you know, it's not, a, there's not a ton of people. They don't ever really say how many people are up there. But no. it's not a huge group. No, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. The other thing, speaking of the space station that I really liked is it, it was very, you know, Stanley Kubrickian. Mm, you know, it mm-hmm. looks very much a 2001 A Space Odyssey ripped ripped right from that movie i think which is probably smart yeah if only they were able to hire ilm to do the (laughs) special effects (laughs) then we would have been in a bit of a better situation um i mean i would call it computer graphics maybe not cgi yeah yeah and i just feel like when this would probably have been like better executed with tiny models and stuff oh sure yeah like is that that expensive i guess more expensive than having like some rando make a computer yeah. graphic for you. I don't really, like I don't really know what the, what the budget is for Disney Channel Originals. I, um, but I doubt that they would have like model makers and stuff. No, like sit they, down they're and do just all like that. churn and burn on yeah. these things. Yeah. I was and, gonna say pump and dump. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, wait, wait. My brain was like, no, no, wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, that would well, work. Could be true. They're just alcohol fuel. They have to get it up, get it out. 
another thing that really held up men in deep v's so we had a bunch of characters mm-hmm. xenon's friends in the space station the the guys they were all in these like spandex outfits and the men had like it was kind of like two layer like we didn't see skin but there were deep v's into another layer of something yes the only exception is the one the one kid who has the his dad has the entry keypad to all of the rooms and so he can get he wasn't wearing a shirt underneath oh and he is like this <laughs> tiny little just like boy body like you know how like in eighth like like yeah. sixth through eighth grade yeah. boys are just so like yeah oh yeah they're small. tiny they're tiny <laughs> and he was just the tiniest little boy and i and like he was wearing the like the skin tight like uh-huh and his i mean his arms were seriously the size of my wrist i <laughs> really cute but the kids overall really did a great job of of acting i mean like raven i think is like you know she's known for kind of her comedic acting and really good like um she didn't do a ton of physical comedy in this movie that was more so xenon's bag Mm -hmm. you know she was kind of doing a lot of bits uh both physical comedy and and verbal Mm mm-hmm but all the kids just, I thought, were great actors. I thought that Xenon did a lot of great face acting. Yeah, she's she has serving so many faces. a lot of sass in this film. A lot she's, of sass. She's got a lot to do. She really has to kind of carry this whole mm-hmm. story on her shoulders to an extent. Um, and I thought she did a great job. Yeah, I thought so too. More to that point, too, what held up to me, Greg's middle part. So Greg is, you know, the titular love interest we'll get into him a little bit more Mm -hmm. but his middle part is very of era but also disturbingly back you know which i hate yeah and honestly it is apropos because i feel like this slang (laughs) the space slang that they use is like basically how gen z i'm like (laughs) what (laughs) so embarrassing i'm equally as confused yeah i need subtitles I mean, we had subtitles on and we were like, what does that mean? It was so heavy with slang, which, like you said, we'll get into. But I I also noted down here um, the fear of disease and natural disaster Mm. um, is accurate. Uh, Earth is a fucking cesspool. I don't know (laughs) what to tell you. (laughs) Something uh, very related to that. There's general disdain for Earth. Mm -hmm. You get that um, you get that sense from Xenon herself, but also like kind of you know, comments here and there from kids. Yeah, they're, the scene where they're like in Xenon's room and she and Raven are changing clothes, they're just like, you know, going on about like, well, I've never been sick. And like, I heard, mm-hmm. did you know, like tornadoes and earthquakes and like, yeah. ugh, like yeah. they go, are going on and on about. They're, yeah, they're very xenophobic. And they're not wrong. <laughs> very xenophobic of the earthers. Uh, another thing that held up to me, Xenon is a vintage bargain shopper. So she was yes. looking for things for an outfit uh, in what looked like a recycle bin. Well, she was in a she was in a room much like Star Wars, not getting crushed, but um, <laughs> but she was looking for things to make an outfit, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, a lot of good wares in the recycle bin <laughs> area because she's trying to find just the right products or whatever <laughs> to make the the protozoa doll that ultimately wins her the opportunity to dance oh, with for protozoa okay. on stage yeah. yeah um but she finds a lot of good stuff down there i have a very visceral memory of her like picking up the leather and i don't know why that like weird stuff like yeah. that sticks with you you yeah. know but i do love the dumpster diving scene it's great <laughs> another thing really interesting to me is all of the hydroponically grown food on the space station yeah 
it's very, very strangely relevant. So like when I was in elementary school, we had this kind of science like program and we would learn all, all sorts of things. And one of the, one of the weeks we learned how to grow hydroponic plants or grow plants hydroponically, mm. meaning there's no soil. It's just, you know, it's just the plant in there and then you feed it all the nutrients underneath through like a water or a fluid underneath. Very cool. So you can see all the roots and stuff. And I found that like really fascinating, um, especially knowing that they were doing some of that hydroponic research on the International Space Station at the time. It really made sense that there's some hydroponic food going on on the space station. And I thought it was like very forward thinking. And I don't see a lot of hydroponic uh, stuff anymore. And I don't know if that's just because I'm an adult and, you know, I don't yeah. see the, these kind of, I don't know if they're teaching these kids uh hydroponic stuff anymore but uh who knows what the kids are learning <laughs> i also wrote down here and we'll get into this in in quotes but aunt judy jesus christ <laughs> just so She's great, great. Every, She's a great i think i laughed out loud at like 80 percent of her lines yes she's so funny so relatable and um very much an amalgamation of all of my aunts yes kind, yes kind of like wacky kooky Yes. A little bit like out there, but also very loving. And yeah, she's just like classic aunt character. I see all different <laughs> facets of all four of my aunts. Uh, she's and, an amalgam and, of all your aunts. Aunt Judy. Yeah, yeah. She definitely speaks to me, spoke to me then, speaks to me now. <laughs> um, she is timeless, ageless. Yeah. Love her. One thing I will also just note quickly, just because we were kind of just talking about Gen Z, was that the keyboardist. Has um like one of that like undercut haircut that's yeah. very popular right now, but oh. looks dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like shit, but it's I feel like that's just like ugly haircuts are kind of a Gen Z thing right now, and that's mm -hmm. he's he's rocking a Gen Z kind of like undercut. Mm. Would you say that ugly haircuts are a Gen Z thing? Yeah, hundred percent. Like the uglier the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, I'm a millennial. I don't mean to speak disparagingly to Gen Z because people spoke disparagingly of millennials, believe it or not, when we were their age. <laughs> yeah, and they really did. They hated us. Everyone everyone hated us. Everyone hates us. That's right. Um, so I don't really know what to tell you. This is just life. Yeah. But all I'm saying is that like I'm sure people our age thought that we were stupid. And so <laughs> I, I don't want to be that person who's like, well, this happened to us, so it's going to happen to you, bitch. Uh-huh. Um, it's more so just like, this is just how life is. I don't know. But anyhow, uh, yeah, he had a bad haircut. <laughs> a couple more things that I had. The score was really memorable. I was not expecting that at all. Um, it had a, like a really nice theme to Xenon herself. You know, every time she comes up, she had like a yeah, nice... Yeah, and similar but better execution, like in Smart House, the bullies or... Or the bad guys in this in this film had yeah. their own little yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hard to mimic that yeah yeah and then um, one more thing fanny packs they have fanny packs that they kind of laid flat and I think that that would you know that's like a good look now speaking of like Gen Z and whatever that's one thing that I appreciate totally. is that fanny packs are back like I can wear a fanny pack um, the cars are all oh yes like, the, the autopilot yeah they're all electric. Mm -hmm. They're all they all have like an autopilot thing, which is very forward thinking. The only downside is that they're all VW bugs. <laughs> yeah, everyone has a VW bug. Yeah. And I was like, when we saw Aunt Judy pull up in a VW bug in my head, I was like, oh, Mike's going to be like, Aunt Judy, 
definitely would drive a VW oh, Bug. Oh, totally. It, it, which is true, but then it turns out that just everyone drives a VW <laughs> yeah. Bug. We saw hers, and then we saw everything else, and we're like, oh, oh this is the it. future. Got yeah. It. Let's move on then. Um, a lot of things that what worked way more than other films we've watched. So great job. Great on you, Xenon. You work, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what didn't hold up? The first bullet I had on here is just LOL Chelsea Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. There was a reference to Chelsea Clinton having been the president of the United States or is, or the, is president. the president. Yeah. It's unclear, which I thought was just really funny because it made me laugh. Yeah. I, I feel like that's like a classic movie thing, though, where it's just like, Whoever the current president is, yeah. like their, you their know, daughter, their daughter or, their son, or son yeah. is now mm -hmm. the president. It's just kind of lazy writing, but whatever. <laughs> How do we make this relevant to the kids? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, For me, all the future speak is just space jargon, mumbo jumbo. Indecipherable um, at, at times. Yes, we'll get to it in the quotes, but there's dozens. and do I didn't get all of it. It was really hard to like write it all down. Um, There is a compilation on youtube which i highly recommend that people look up because it's hilarious it's like 12 straight minutes of just all the space junk jargon oh, yeah it, it's a lot i believe that uh another thing that held up frosted tips we discussed that mm -hmm. uh or sorry didn't hold up yeah that I was does like, wait. not hold up <laughs> <laughs> and more on that like the fashion in general, was very weird. It reminded me of um, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that, but mm. they were all like kind of thick felt looking, you know? Yeah. They're wearing full spandex um, yeah. like body suits. The kids are. And the then the adults are wearing like this weird Dick Tracy felt <laughs> like long coat suits on yes, the men. Yes, 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 yes. Do it uh, does. Mr. Lutz in particular had like really dumb outfits. Um, he's a dumb character anyway, so. He's wearing like a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, not, I mean, it's kind of like a long suit cape situation. It is, yes, yes, a suit cape. But That's exactly right. Because it's funny that he's wearing that, but Mr. Wyndham is just wearing just like an ugly suit. He's just wearing like your typical bad guy suit. Yeah, it's like it's not like even black well, with like red pinstripe. Yeah, it's not. Uh, it doesn't yeah. fit him well. Not no suits fit anyone well in the nineties. Apparently, yeah, I guess not. I mean, what are you gonna do? Another um, thing that I just ugh, I could not stand seeing is Mister Wyndham's dentures. His teeth are so fucked up. I don't know what's going on. Like, they're like flat and gray. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like any. Ugh, I don't like seeing anyone with like gray teeth. Like, how does that happen? It's like lead poisoning or something. Like you have something you were exposed to. He did look sickly. Kind of, yeah. He looked like he needed he to looked, see a doctor. Overall looked gray. <laughs> and I mean, I don't know if that was like a hair and makeup decision where it's like the bad guy, gray face. <laughs> you know, your classic hair and makeup right, decisions. Yeah. <laughs> he looks kind of dead. Uh, he did look dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, like I think the future just looks like the era that they made the movie in, but like bad but weirder yeah 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 it's just weird yeah it's i mean that's like you know back to the future kind of a similar situation where they just like futurized the 80s um but you know that's fine <laughs> one thing that didn't hold for hold up for me there's a scene where they're talking about getting more funding for the space station <laughs> and was it Mr. Wyndham who committed to yeah yeah so Mr. Wyndham committed to 500 million more dollars going towards the space station. 
And everyone was like cheering, like, yes, we can keep the space station uh, in space and we can keep doing our research. And immediately I thought, 500 million is not going to get you a lot. Because, you know, we're talking about space travel here. Even in 1999? Oh, are you doing a conversion? So 500 million would be about 900 million, which really isn't that much more. It's not a lot of money. Like a billion dollars is a lot of money. But for... You know what would be cool? A billion dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Justin Timberlake. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I've seen the social network. A billion dollars. I've seen the social network so many times. I can see his face too, which is... Yeah, so great. It's doubly funny. Anyway, 500 million, not going to go that far for maintaining a space station for X number of years with people on it. Is my main yeah, takeaway. Yeah, the people. Yes. That, yeah, for sure. There's flying boats. Let's discuss the flying boats. Okay, so here we go. I grew up on a lake. <laughs> here, oh, here we go. <laughs> Frag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, I, I've, I've been around boat Can culture. Can you be specific what lake? Yeah, I will. I'll dox myself. <laughs> I was born at... Okay. Um, no, I grew up on Lake Erie. And so I'm familiar with with boating culture. Okay. And while I've never been on a boat that floats above the water, because it doesn't <laughs> exist, I have been on a regular boat. And the point of being you on mean a boat that flies above the water. Yeah. Yes. It floats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure. Any- Literally, fuck me right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure every boat is kind of supposed to float on the water. Yes, flies above the surface yes. of the water. Yes. And- Except for like really expensive sailboats the competitive sailboats oh sure sure sure. yeah basically the hull is in the air and i don't understand how that all works i don't know much about that but what i do know is when you go out on a boat you want to be on the water (laughs) not float fly hover (laughs) above it right what's the point of a boat if you're not on on the water i don't it just i get that it's like future the boats fly but like that my favorite my favorite thing about this is that we see a flying boat um, flying above the water for like maybe a second and a quarter <laughs> and it completely enraged you like what is this i mean it's <laughs> worth being enraged over it makes no sense like just making something like fly for no reason that's yeah, like that's true it doesn't need to fly that's what airplanes are for right a boat is supposed to be in the water i get it yeah yeah um another thing in the computer lab at the school, they had ergonomic keyboards. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen an ergonomic keyboard since probably 1999. So, you know, they just got that wrong. It's fine. It kind of took me the whole movie to realize that they all they were doing was Mr. Wyndham was trying to do. All they were doing was trying to destroy this space station to claim insurance money. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again... I don't know what that means as a young viewer. I don't know right. insurance. I don't know that you get money. I barely know it as an adult. Yeah. I mean, I don't know jack shit about shit. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't, that, I don't know why they uh, insist on having all this shit in, um, in kids' plot, movies. That plot point completely went over my head. I had no... I knew that they were up to no good, mm-hmm. uh, Lutz and Wyndham, and I knew Xenon... Because they had dead teeth. Because of the dead teeth. And I knew that Xenon was fighting against the bad guys but was mm-hmm. in a bad position because she was stranded on earth but the insurance piece no yeah like blue. just come up with something else other than oh this is going to be a massive insurance claim and then 
Oh, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, one more thing that didn't hold up to me when Xenon and Greg lock eyes for the first time, I kind of <laughs> like it was uncomfortable. I cringed because Greg is serving too sexual a look just it's, in general. It's he was tough to talk about because they are young children, but yes. I need to know. And maybe this is technically what left us wondering, although I didn't list it. It's like, how is he serving so many looks? Yeah. Cause he, he's got like, He's literally got like a fuck me face, like 90% of the time. I'm he sorry. Does. It's just the truth. He does. It's, there's no way, there's no way else to say it. He kind really. of does this thing where he looks under like he's kind of yeah, his head is kind of tilted, like, tilted down. Tilted down. He looks like under I mean, that really spoke to me. Yeah. Well, as it's a the youth same way. It, it's the same way that Nala looked at Simba during Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Like I I know what they're doing here. Yeah. I know what's happening. They're serving looks. It's, it was too. It, was, it made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty wild. Let's move on to, uh, in in general, what left us wondering. So this is kind of a weird one that I think I know the answer to, but I just had to ask because it could be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Is space day short for space station, <laughs> or okay, hear me out. Mm-hmm. Is it supposed to be like space stay, like we stay here? In space. Like it's a, like a hotel stay? Yeah. I think space stay it was just them trying to be clever with the jargon. I think it may, I think it means space station. I think so too, but I like the idea of it just being like space, space stay. stay. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know is stupid, uh, but the, I... What the listeners couldn't see was this I was like, thumbs up. <laughs> space stay. I was like, that would be kind of a cool... Whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, my other what left us wondering is that there is a sequence where Xenon witnesses Lutz going into the the mainframe mm-hmm. of the space station. And it's a level four access. And so he's somehow able to, to get access to go in. So level four is like pretty high. We're, we're led to believe. Mm-hmm. How many levels are there? They didn't even get to that. I don't know. I, I would assume level four is probably the highest. Maybe there's a level five. Like that's gotta com- be a five. Commander Plank's office yeah. or something. Like five stars, you know? Oh, yeah. That would make sense. <clears throat> I don't know. It's unclear. We don't ever really get insight into that. Sorry. I mean, it's fine. Michelin only has three stars, so I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I only know Michelin stars. (laughs) But yeah, so Lutz um, gets into the the mainframe, puts the the chip in that has the computer virus that systematically shuts down the entire space station over a period of time. And Xenon has broken in as well and is witnessing Lutz do all of this this wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. So my question is, and what left me wondering, is it's 2049. Would they not have cameras in every single room, in yes. every single hallway? Yes. Or just some sort of keypad tracking system to see Especially in a space who came station. in when? Because the thing that like they have, they sort of argue against Xenon for, there's this whole sequence where she, like, she was like, I saw Lutz, he did it. Right. And like a couple of things, they would probably be you able to check it. the mainframe or <laughs> see that somebody had like gotten in there before she did, you know, and it like, right. Like of all the sophisticated tech, that definitely is like a nothing, pretty big. Nothing plot. is more future tech than check the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's like check the mainframe, but also like check the cameras. Like, if, I mean, I think that was just yeah. There, like on rewatch for something that's supposed to be the future, that 
that kind of <laughs> yeah. just was like a bit of a yeah. head scratcher. One thing that left me wondering, there's a scene where we see them experimenting on a floating rat in microgravity. And I thought to myself, well, what the hell are they going to do with this rat? That made me sad, the floating rat. Yeah, the animal testing, like, they don't get into it. He's just kind of floating there. I get like it. Like, how long is he floating? He doesn't w- want to be floating. He's, yeah, has he been living his whole life like that? That's what I'm saying. He has no bone density. <laughs> he's atrophied to the extent that yeah. he's basically unable to to move. Yeah, he wouldn't... <laughs> He wouldn't be able to support his own weight under gravity if he wanted to. Sad. They did it to him. There's another thing. Um, Xenon's mom has a stress helmet. They ca- yeah, they call it a stressometer. But it, but it's a helmet but it's though. A, it's a helmet that is supposed to de-stress you. It's supposed to de-stress you, or is supposed to monitor your stress? Because a stressometer. Maybe, maybe is it like does a, both. So you reach a certain stress level, and then it's like I'm gonna de-stress you. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think we all need that, right? Yeah. I would like the future to do this where we have stress helmets. We put them on. It has the three little lights on on the forehead. We reach our stress threshold. It starts doing its thing. And when it's too much, you go to the chill chamber. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> also, I want the chill both chamber. Of those things. Yes. I would love a chill chamber. The stress helmet, the chill chamber. When is the, the future? The fuck zone. Yeah. The f- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, the fuck zone's here. That's not a future thing. It's present. We're we're existing within the fuck zone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, another thing that left me wondering was, so there's a scene where Raven talks about how when you go down to Earth, it adds 30 pounds. And that was like one of the things that was shitty about Earth. My question was, are they not simulating 100% Earth gravity on this space station? And, mm. and why not? Because like, yeah, ultimately people would have to like, go to earth every now and then right because people do go like the pilots go to and fro on the shuttle like if they're not simulating full gravity on the space station then they're doing everyone a disservice because everyone is like not their muscles and their bones aren't equipped to handle what we would commonly just know as normal life here on earth i I got i got distracted whenever i heard that and i was like oh that's weird well because i did write down (laughs) because when xenon does ultimately go back to earth She's like slogging her ass up the <laughs> right. up the, the the ramp to get uh-huh. from the ship to the mainland or whatever, and and I guess I, I just wrote down like, would you really feel that heavy? Um, and then you know, I guess maybe if you really ever lived in space, but it's a good point that they could just have the same amount of same, gravity, yeah, that's... and then it wouldn't be a problem for anyone. <clears throat> One other thing. So speaking of Xenon going to Earth, whenever she gets off the ship she immediately like starts sneezing. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, sure, there's allergens on Earth that you are not present on the space day. Um, so that got me wondering, like, what other adversely detrimental things are they exposing themselves to when going to Earth? Like, are they more susceptible to disease? Are they vaccinated the same way that we are? I mean, I are? would have to assume. But we would s- also assume that they have the same amount of gravity on that space station, but they don't. So. Well, yeah, I mean, but if like if you've never been sick, because like I said, like one of the mm. girls does say that. I mean, you'd be fucked. You'd be an absolute <laughs> mess. Yeah. There's no way. True. One other thing that got me wondering, and this is just in general. So you've seen all these Disney Channel originals, obviously. Mm-hmm. Greg is a white boy. Yes. Most of the movies that we've watched so far, these uh, love interests are all white boys. We've had a a bunch of female protagonists so far. So like the lo- love interests 
is always like a a boy. I know that I know now that as an adult, you are you are attracted to brown men. Mm-hmm. And my question is because because I'm brown, right? Yes. Um, my question is. Do you think you would have more crushes on BIPOC boys if they had more BIPOC boys as leads in these movies? So far, they all seem just to be white boys. That is a good question that I have not done in any internal work on, nor have discussed <laughs> in therapy. Um, that is to say that the town I grew up in was very white. Shock, because I mentioned it was a sailing a town, a small town on a lake, <laughs> a small town on a great lake um is tm tm (laughs) yeah no i don't i wasn't i don't think i really had the opportunity because everyone in my small town was very white Uh but would i have more crush i it's hard to say just because i didn't have really the opportunity to right (laughs) so i mean maybe perhaps but i think in general you know i i guess like i loved the the prince in the brandy cinderella and he is filipino Mm, yeah and i mean this is a cartoon example but i really loved aladdin (laughs) so i just made a nala simba reference so that makes sense yeah in my in my walking life i didn't have the the runway to do so but i think it was it was there it was simmering on the surface (laughs) all right um yeah so one more thing that i have that left me wondering was what are they teaching all these kids in the space station? Because when Xenon came to Earth, she had no idea what the fuck rain was. Insane. I mean, you need to learn about weather in general. I guess they just they have some sort of space curriculum that so, just ignores Earth altogether. Yeah, like um, like you need to know about Earth. That previous scene where they had the history teacher, the hologram, he was talking about like fucking Greek mythology and stuff, but they don't bother telling him what rain is. Like, no, I guess it's one thing to learn about rain and another thing to experience rain. Uh, I suppose, <laughs> but that's the age where you start to learn about meteorology and weather patterns yeah, and yeah. different clouds and the, yeah, cirrus, yeah, stratus, cumulonimbus. I know clouds. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was pretty pretty silly. The one last thing I had, and then we'll move on. And what left us wondering was the kitchen's closed. <laughs> so yeah, the, in the beginning sequence of the movie, there's a lot happening. Xenon wakes up late, and so she's kind of like rushing and behind to get to all of her schooling activities, and she's taking shortcuts through the air ducts or whatever the fuck it is. And um, so she tries to go and get food from the cafeteria, seemingly the only source of food that one can get on the space station, the space station and space day. Yeah. And uh, she's she runs and then the lady's like kitchen's closed. (laughs) And I'm sorry, but the only place that can give you food should never be able to close. Yeah, you're right. You're it's right. like on, you know, on a cruise ship. Like on a cruise ship, yeah. It needs to be open 24-7. It's 24-7. They're constantly... You're the only place that people can get they're food. They're churning out food. There's it's, a chef at all hours of the day ready to roll. And so she ends up getting like some brownie looking thing wrapped in, wrapped in saran wrap. And I always remember when I was younger thinking, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know. Speaking of what we're eating. So all the food on the space station is... Just really random. But you did like you did mention that they're they're growing their own hydroponic food or whatever. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. They're at least experimenting. I don't know if they're actually eating it because 
from the few scenes that they had food, it just looked like they had trays full of hard cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is interesting because so when when Xenon goes to Earth, she's having she goes and this is her first time experiencing, I guess, school lunch. Mm-hmm. And she looks very uncomfortable and very confused. And she has her tray of food and she grabs an orange, <laughs> grabs a banana uh-huh. and then attempts to pay for the food. And I was like, that's your lunch? I mean, I know you're from space. I know. Greg ended up, once again, saving the day. But, like, again, I know you're from space, but this isn't lunch, girly. (laughs) (laughs) The only other scene that had some food was whenever they went to Aunt Judy's uh, down on Earth, and they went to a restaurant, and they were looking at the menu, and Xenon just made mention of fried things. And yeah, they had I wrote, some onion rings. I also wrote down onion rings! Yeah. Exclamation point. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had an onion ring. And you, you know what? I don't remember the last time I had an onion ring. A bloomin' on. onion? Oh, a bloomin' onion. I do not remember the last time I had. Oh, there's nothing more just satisfying than a bloomin' onion <laughs> with like sour cream dip. Oh, God. Yeah, I would go ham on that 3,000 calories, oh, probably. I mean more than that, potentially. But yeah, so a lot of food. And then the other funny thing that I liked about the the meal that that Xenon and Greg had. So, but when they do go on that date, he orders like a bunch of food and Greg like continually like impresses upon Xenon. Like, listen, I don't have that much money. (laughs) (laughs) He was very pressed. And like, I'm very pressed. And so they have a whole table full of food. Xenon's like, Oh, what else should we order? And he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like (laughs) I told you I'd order you dinner, not a buffet. Something like that. And he's just like very stressed about the cost. And then yeah. like very quickly after they order and barely eat anything, Xenon thinks she's spotted Lutz like down below, like at the restaurant. And she's like, shit, Greg, we got to go. And <laughs> you get to his face is like crestfallen. Like, yo, I can barely afford this dinner. <laughs> it just really made me laugh. Oh, man. Poor Greg. So yeah, I just there there was a little eating in this movie, but that scene was really just <laughs> just really spectacular to me. There's a little eating because you can't afford it. Right. Greg <laughs> only has twenty dollars, lady. <laughs> um okay, so cancelable offenses. Um I wrote down one thing here, and it was just ultimately adult men need to stop winking at children oh, in movies. God, yeah, I wrote that one down too. There there's not a lot of cancelable offenses, but that one was just number one. I just cannot yeah, Mr. Wyndham winking at Xenon at least three times. Yeah. And then there was this other exchange where someone on a on a shuttle that was shuttling Xenon back to Mr. Wyndham said, Mr. Wyndham is very anxious to get a hold of you. <laughs> and Xenon just replies, I bet he is. <laughs> Ugh. Don't need to know that. Gross. No, thank you. A couple of other things I'll rattle through this. Testing on animals. Meh. Not not a fan of the rat uh floating around all by his lonesome. Yeah. Um saying the word else versus Saying else? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of else going around. I'm not an else fan. It's not spelled that way. There's no T. Nope. Solo spacewalks? Not safe. I don't even think it's possible. You, you know, there's a whole team that is involved in getting people out in space so they can do spacewalks. But, you know, I can do it by yourself. So, not using a visor in direct sunlight? Mm. I wrote that down. So, Xenon was on her solo spacewalk, which she wasn't supposed to be doing. And um, we could see her face, which I understand from a f- filmmaking standpoint. That's important, but she wasn't using a visor in direct sunlight. Mm. And what people don't understand when when you're in space, you don't have the atmosphere kind of cutting down all the UV and stuff from the sun. 
And so you have to use a visor when you're out in space. Otherwise, you're exposing your face and particularly your eyes to a lot of radiation from the sun. And it can be damaging very quickly. Wow. And um, a little fun fact, all of the visors on spacesuits are sprayed with a thin layer of gold, (gasps) pure gold, because of its heat and light refracting properties. Wow. Should we try to steal a... You know, I would love to. Only if I can fit in it. I would love to try one on. That would be like, is that something you could do at a museum or something? I wish. Definitely I just feel not. like that would be a good birthday gift for you. Yeah, I mean, I would totally be a fan of that. I Sign me up 100%. <laughs> 100. 100 P. suit major. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the only other thing that I had that was a cancelable offense to me, mm. being a space nerd, yes, is Xenon's line... You'd fully blow an O-ring if you had to return to Earth. Which, when we watched it, I said, is that a contraceptive device? (laughs) Xenon, very progressive. Yeah, and you were like, no, that's actually, like, I wrote that in Cancelable Offenses, and Mm. I was like, why? The reference to the O-ring refers to the space shuttle Challenger explosion that happened in 1986. So this Mm. was a big deal for, this was the first accident in the first failure of a launch vehicle for the space shuttle. This was also the flight that happened to have um, the first teacher to ever be flown into space. Oh, no. So there were literally millions upon millions of kids watching it live because there was like this pride that we're launching a teacher into space. And the the reason why the space shuttle exploded was because an O-ring on the solid rocket booster formed a crack when, while it froze like days before when it was, um, you know, fueling up for the launch, that ultimately was the piece that failed that that exploded Ouch. or, you know, the rest is history there. So I thought it was in poor taste yeah, to just throw out an O-ring line like that, knowing that that, you know, it's kind of loaded. Because everything else is like a loose reference to space, but right. that's a reference to a pretty traumatic event. Yes. An actual traumatic tragedy. Wow. Someone tweet the writers of Xenon and cancel their asses. (laughs) Let's get on to our favorite moment. I have a couple. And one thing that I did note down that I was like, okay, there's some actually like very interesting cinematography choices happening here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There is a scene when um, I think it's when Xenon gets back to the space station via the cargo shuttle. Mm -hmm. And it's like her and Aunt Judy and her parents and... Commander Plank, they're all standing in a circle arguing and like heated discussion, like blah, 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 blah. and this the they're all standing in a circle and they're the camera is just circling that yeah. around them. It's a great steady cam shot. Really great steady cam shot. Uh, and it's very no dynamic and it's ve- like everyone very well executed and it's it's a great it's a great sequence. Yeah. It, it, it had no business looking as good as it did. No, like, of course not. They didn't need to do the steady cam. It was very Michael Bay-y. Which I really appreciated, especially at the time, because Michael Bay was like really coming into his own with, you know, spinning around everyone. Yeah. Um, like The Rock came out two years prior to that. So there's probably some inspiration there. But Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, the other great shot that is probably my favorite is when when Xenon arrives to Earth and she's like crippled by all this gravity. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's kind of like churning up this incline. Mm-hmm. And as she goes up the incline, 
the the camera tilts and like exaggerates the incline so that it looks higher and higher as she's going. And we I love just a thought, good Dutch angle oh, in this that's house. That's a great Dutch angle. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, ooh, this is nice. Another thing that uh, was my favorite moment was very important in the plot. Mister Lutz drops his coin <laughs> jump drive in probably the klutz. Yeah, Lutz the klutz. He drops his jump drive essentially in the most dramatic way. He's like, oh, yeah, I got the best of you, Xenon. And he, like, very aggressively tries to put the disc um, into his pocket. And it just, like, completely slips out. In an empty it hole. It clanks yeah. on the floor. He doesn't notice. He's the and only one in there. It's a completely empty, like, <laughs> empty hallway corridor yeah. with, like, a lot of echo. And just walks just away. Like, bing, bing. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay, yeah, sure. Another thing that I really liked. So, speaking of those shuttles that go from the space station to Earth. Uh, the pilots wear sunglasses. Mm, that they, pilot lady, badass. Yeah, she looks badass. You can tell she means business. Mm-hmm. Very professional. I really appreciated that. Uh, another favorite moment, empowered women. <laughs> a lot of empowered women in Zenon, this movie. quote, if you want to kiss me, just do it. And she's very, very Zenon forward about knows it. knows who she is and she does not apologize That's for right. it. Last but not least, the microbe concert at the end. The dance moves. So good. Raven going up there, accepting her, what was given to her oh, yeah, by Xenon. Oh, yeah, because Xenon <laughs> defers her win to, you know, dance with Protozoa on stage mm-hmm. to her good friend. Nebula. Nebula. And uh, I would say that, you know, Zoom, Zoom, Zoom is pretty much the most memorable piece of this movie for anybody who watched it as a youth. Um, and I did, in honor of the Zoom, Zoom, Zoom song, I did just want to do a dramatic read of, like, some of the the lyrics, if you'll allow it. Of course. <clears throat> Stargazing Megafest, you hit me like a cosmic blast. <laughs> You're giving me a technicolor world. <laughs> Putting me in overdrive. Speed of light, I'm so alive. <laughs> <laughs> Could you be my supernova girl? Interplanetary, megastellar. Hydrostatic. There's no gravity between us. Our love is automatic. <laughs> wow. Are those all the lyrics? I mean, that's like the first verse. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. I mean, it goes into the chorus that's just, you know, zoom, zoom, zoom. And then there's uh-huh, uh-huh. whatnot. <laughs> I just have to say, I, I didn't like practice that at all. And I'm really <laughs> pleased with how it turned out. <laughs> I have to... I have to give you the snaps. Ooh, thank you. Yes, because it was a poetic read. <laughs> thank you. Um, all right. Uh, any other favorite moments? Uh, just the just the freeze frame at the very end. With oh yes, another Xenon classic freeze frame. Grin. Yeah, it was great. Just a good freeze frame. I just, I did not remember how many movies ended with freeze frames until. It turns out there's quite a bit. So I'm I'm really happy about it. <laughs> I, I'm hoping for more. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about where are they now. So let's start, obviously, with Xenon. Kirsten Storms um, is the actor who plays Xenon. She is now 38, and she really likes to play Halo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also has been on General Hospital for 18 years. What? Yes. Wow. Which equates to 1,523 episodes. Holy shit. Her, her IMDb. My mom used to watch General Hospital and I would really? watch a few episodes with her while waiting for kindergarten class. Cause you know, whenever they did okay. kindergarten, like 
eat, you, you either win the, the morning, morning or, or the, the afternoon. Yeah. And I forget which one I was. I was a morning gardener. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, isn't that a movie with Kate Winslet, yeah. The Morning Gardener? <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen that one. <laughs> Is that a Disney Channel original? <laughs> the Morning Gardener? A lesser known. Uh... Yeah. I would watch it with her because I had either the afternoon or the morning kindergarten. And I remember she she wasn't a huge fan, but she would always watch, you know? And yeah, so I, I think guess it's just like at that time, you know, if you're just kind of watching what's on, cause I think she was just on. killing time because sure, yeah. yeah, cause that was around. <laughs> <laughs> she hated you. <laughs> I knew it. Fuck. She was trying to test me with general hospital. Turns out I fucking love it, mom. Yeah. I love Kirsten storms. <laughs> Maybe I saw her. I didn't even know. Yeah, there could have been some overlap. But yeah, she's she's obviously like still working. It's a long time to be on the same show. So I feel like she's just making money and doing her best. Good for her. Um, That's great. But her, yeah, so her Instagram bio says, my daughter says, I quote, play pretend for a living. <laughs> I like to make things and play Halo. Hashtag Harper's mom. Hashtag General Hospital. Hashtag Xenon alien emoji. Oh, yeah. So she's still repping the Xenon. I mean, good for her. Yeah, I you kind of have to if that's that's one thing that I've enjoyed in my exploration of these Disney Channel original stars is that like they're all kind of sticking to what they're known for. And yeah. a lot of them are the Disney Channel, these Disney Channel movies. Oh, wow. OK. Some more she than at, others. But... She at least has a trilogy oh, to yeah. hang her hat on. Like some of these others, they just have the one movie, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's obviously some characters or some actors, rather, who are in multiples. I don't think that Kirsten Storms is in any more. I feel like I make these statements and there's potentially going to be at some point some way more hardcore decom fan than me being like, fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel very sensitive. Hey, well, to don't worry, to... we'll get to all of them. We'll get, so. we'll get there and vengeance will be served. <laughs> OK, so then we have Gregory Smith, who plays Greg. This is real name. Sure is. Wow. I kind of like when that happens. Yeah, it's like, me too. You know, just a fun little tidbit. Mm -hmm. And so he pretty much looks the same, still very soft and supple skin. <laughs> still serving fuck me looks. Oh, man. <laughs> I just, I cannot. I mean, it's so, it's so, so impassioned. <laughs> he got married in 2018. He has one kid and one on the way. Mm. Um, his last acting credit is from 2017, but it looks like he's maybe making a transition to directing um, oh. as his Instagram bio says director, actor, skier, dad. <laughs> so the reverse dad, of Kirsten fourth. Yeah. Dad is fourth. Um, <laughs> not uh, first like Kirsten. So shouts out to Greg. I would love to see you in anything else. <laughs> <laughs> we should watch a movie with, with Gregory Smith in it. I, I mean, I would like to watch a movie that Greg Gregory Smith directed. Yeah. Well, I'll look into it and see if it's worth okay worth very attending good. to. So there's a lot of notable people in this movie, honestly, like Raven, C the actor who plays Commander Plank, obviously Aunt Judy. You know, they're all very good. And while I'd like to talk about all of them, we don't have all day. So I really would like to focus our efforts um, on catching up with Philip Reese Chaudhry, I think is how you pronounce his name. Our guy who plays Protozoa. Oh, Protozoa, yes. He's really giving his all. I mean, he just like sends it. He into a, the galaxy. He had a British accent. He had mm -hmm. the frosted tips. Yeah. He, he was hitting on 13-year-old girls. He's maybe my most memorable, aside from Xenon, probably the most memorable part of the movie for me. Yeah. I would say. 
Because he's the rock star. Yeah, he's the rock star. He's got like that really outrageous personality, very fun. You know, it just like the whole boy band aspect of it all is like very, you know, noteworthy and Mm -hmm. very specific to that time when boy bands were probably like peaking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I found it strange that Microbe was a rock band and not a pop band, you know? I was kind of hoping for a pop band, but... Then we had this whole sting. They they do call it a rock band, but they're singing pop music. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know why Sting is a part of this at all. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's just like that was the inspiration for the character. I guess it is really funny though to have that that little tidbit. So uh, Philip is still very much working. He's been working steadily since. Uh, 1997 and has 48 acting credits on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's actually currently in production on the uh, Full Monty miniseries. Oh. Which is kind of cool. Are we going to see his protozoa? <laughs> <laughs> his Full Monty? One can only hope. Are we going to see his microbe? <laughs> <laughs> Michael. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Guess but- we'll find out. He's done all kinds of things. He's been in an episode of Shameless, an episode of Glee, Pretty Little Liars, and Doctor Who, to name a few. Oh, very good. Let's move on to what's slowly becoming my favorite part of the podcast, which is when you talk about all the funny quotes. Yep. So I wrote (laughs) down all the quotes that I could. Um, Like I said, really hard to keep up with, a lot of jargon. I'm going to miss a few things, but here is what I noted. And of course, I'm going to start with Zetus Lapidus. Of course. Morning glorious, Commander Plank. <laughs> They're about as thermo as some band in 2025. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Also, yeah, like 2025 is in a couple years. So I oh, don't God. know. What are we what are we coming to expect I don't know, here? Yeah. If you hear anyone coming, tug my tether. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear anyone coming, smack my ass. <laughs> Xenon. Girl. Stow the attitude, Xenon. Of the space jargon and slang that is applicable, the stuff that's like, you know, a stow, a stowaway, uh-huh. or like just stuff like that. It like yeah. it makes sense, but sometimes they string too many of the terms together, yeah. and it's indecipherable. Yeah. But I did like that. You must be inked out. Thank you, gravity. Oh yeah, she says that. <laughs> she's like so put out when she says, "Thank you, gravity." Gravity's not doing us any favors. No. Here's uh, Aunt Judy. I'd take you home and make you something myself, but I figured you've been traumatized <laughs> enough for one day. I love her. <laughs> it's so funny. And then another one. Put that much purity in my system and I'd be dead in 24 hours. <laughs> and she says it. Put that much purity in my system and I'd be dead in 24 hours. <laughs> and she has oh. yeah, kind of like goofy, awkward laugh. Oh, I love oh. her so much. I thought you said you can swim. Yeah, in space. Welcome to Earth. <laughs> that was a, qu- a question that I had, too. It's like, is she swimming in a pool in space? I don't know. Unclear. Spacewalk? Perhaps. That's not really swimming. You can't. You, there's no resistance to that. Right. You wave your hand. Nothing happens. Yeah, in space. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, ma'am. Lunarius. I don't know what that means, but they use it a lot. Mm. Pretty alpha, huh? Pretty humongous all this feels fully illegal me anytime i get behind the wheel (laughs) yeah um i had an alpha time tonight chill metro boy wonder (laughs) stop being a halftone oh 
<laughs> Somebody better get up here before one of us has a complex, Protozoa said in mm. an English accent. I didn't attempt. Uh, and then one of my favorites of all time. Ugh, could my legs be any wider? And Greg replies, they're fine. <laughs> So it sounded like you said whiter, but it's whiter. Oh, uh, yes. Right? Whiter. Whiter. Because yeah. she's... Should I re Could this it? movie be any whiter? Yeah. This could, I mean, this movie could be whiter. If there, there, are some, uh, there are some non-white, non-white <laughs> folks in this movie, thankfully. Thank God. Yeah. Okay. So key takeaways. I feel like mine, personally, girls rule. <laughs> yeah. Girl power. That is... Yeah. Do your own research. <laughs> And they did. And they did. I I really did like that Xenon does not s- stray from her convictions. She has yeah. seen what yeah. she's seen. She, you know, don't just because a man told you right. that you're wrong. Yeah. She did not let. Do your own research. Do your own research. <laughs> she did not, you know, she did not let them talk her out of what she knew to be true. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's a lesson that I've had to learn you know, especially in like work environments when you're working as a woman, working with men who kind of try to make you feel like you don't know what you're talking about or you're stupid or, sure. yeah. you know, and that's, it's really easy to be be like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like that's probably, and I did that a lot. I feel like earlier on in my career and mm. it wasn't until recently that I was able to be like, no, that's wrong. And so are you. <laughs> right. um, yeah. And I'm a 32 year old woman, not a 13 year old right. girl. Yeah. Which I keep calling myself 32. I'm almost 32. I should st- I should hang on to 31 <laughs> for longer. But you know what? It's just the inevitable reality of aging. So anyhow. I don't even remember how old I am. So it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. No. My key <laughs> takeaway, Aunt Judy is a fucking cool hang. Ugh. Like, I'm obsessed with her. You are I know so I've said right. it so many times, but. You are so right. She is an amalgam of all your all your aunts and I like all your aunts for different things. And if you put them all together, they, it's Aunt Judy. They're Aunt Judy. Yeah. yeah. So justice for Aunt Judy. I love your, uh, I love your electric VW bug. And I love your vibe. And I love your vibe. You're great. Speaking of Aunt Judy, she has one quote that I took as a key takeaway. Mm. Not everything has to have a purpose. Some things are just good for your soul. Oh, oh. I Aunt, love that. Aunt Judy, you're so right. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh well actually speaking of that i did have one quote that i wrote down which is um when they when xenon first goes to go back to earth to live with aunt judy they do go to the restaurant where she ultimately goes on the date with greg yeah and xenon goes it's like some time warped village supreme <laughs> which i think is because they she and judy kind of alludes to the fact that the town hasn't really taken to the like technological advances that exist so there's like some technology but like they keep a lot of the like charm of the uh-huh. the restaurants and other things it's like which oh. seems like aunt judy's vibe very much aunt judy's vibe very much aligns with her um another key takeaway which we didn't talk about her and we should oh my god how m- did we not talk about margie margie oh my god my key takeaway with margie is that she Fucking sucks. So Margie is truly a bitch. <laughs> yes. But, and you're supposed to feel that way about her. You're supposed to very much dislike her. And she's very unlikable, like incredibly yes. unlikable. She has no redeeming moment. She, I don't think at she, all. Uh, also, they put her in like this weird ass orange cardigan that just 
I don't know why it just makes me mad. It's like fur, furry and fluffy and kind of like really big around her face and yeah, stuff. But it just it's stupid. I can't I can't handle it. Well, and you know, I I feel like now that I've on on we watch as an adult, I do feel for Margie because, you know, Greg just like the minute Xenon gets to town, it's mm. it's just all eyes on Xenon. Yeah. He's obsessed new with girl. her, new mm-hmm. girl, and Greg is kind of like really has to lay it down, which she's not really like that aggressively trying to date him or anything, but he like has this moment where he was like, Margie, I don't like you. I don't want to date you and I'm not your boyfriend. And it's like so mean. Yeah. And I think that he has to speak his truth, you know, and I think that mean girls are mean for a reason. And Mm. we do get a little, maybe I'm coming at this maybe with also like a little bit of like contextual bias because I have seen the second one and you get a little bit more of a backstory into the Margie character. Ah, but that's not to say that um, she isn't the fucking worst. Right. But I'm really curious to see these other two movies. Yes. And I, you haven't seen the third I one. I have not seen the third one. Okay. I honestly don't know why. I think maybe I thought it would be bad, but I You probably have... aged out, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think it came out in 2004. So it wasn't, mm. it was like right on the, the cusp. I was probably too busy, like, Doing musical theater and your other things, uh, my other activities. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, another key takeaway for me is for as famous as Raven Simone got in the Zeitgeist, mm-hmm. she had a very small role in this movie, comparative, right? Yeah. If you didn't know anything and you just saw this cast and you said, "Who is gonna, who is gonna like have their own show and like be a thing for years?" Mm. You know. Raven, I don't think, would be the one that anyone would pick. What a great performance by her. She is very <laughs> dynamic and very, like, um, she's she's a bit, she could be a scene stealer. Although I will say that it's a good, it's a good casting because Kirsten Storms is also a similar, like, level of dynamicism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they balance each other well. Like one's not outdoing the other. I don't think. No, no, yeah, absolutely. They're a great ensemble together. Mm-hmm. Are they in the second one? Okay, so the three characters I know to remain the same across the three films are Xenon, Margie, and Protozoa. Mm. So oh, they, Protozoa. So they actually recast Raven oh. in the second one. She. Probably went on to do other stuff. I, I'm not like that intimately familiar with the time frame assume, and timeline, yeah, yeah. but I feel like something along those lines. Yeah. Anything, any other takeaways? I think this, this last takeaway will roll right into the rating. Okay. I think this is a really well-constructed kids movie. I was impressed by it. I thought the runtime just, I got a little intimidated with the runtime because it's a little bit longer than the other movies. The reason why is because they had to have the zoom, zoom, zoom. The zoom, zoom, zoom. I mean, you, in there. I mean, you fucking have to. Um, it's all the same beats. It's like as the other storylines, but this one has a right. Band. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The futurism element is always going to be interesting to me, but I, I think the main takeaway was like, you know, learning something and not taking things for granted. And I, it was a good message. I, I would probably give this movie an eight out of 10 because of all those things. I thought like the, the, computer graphics stuff was kind of charming um, yeah yeah I think it's always charming in a decom sometimes I, like. I think that the charm adds to it or like the attempt adds to the charm in a way that's like oh yeah oh you no, guys not, are cute not quite right, right but yeah. i like the attempt like yeah 
Yeah. So, okay. So you are giving it an eight out of 10. Eight out of 10. I think I got to give myself some bandwidth because I haven't, you know, there's still some, some movies to go. And mm-hmm. I know that this one is a banger for a lot of people, but I know that there's a lot of other bangers and I want to give myself the space. Yes. And I think our rating scale will kind of be all over the place yeah. because you're yes. you're rating it within the context of the movies you've seen, of which so far have been three. Yes. It's going to change as we go. And they'll, like depending on the year, it'll be a very interesting journey mm-hmm. for sure. So. Yeah. So I actually, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Mm. I don't really know why. It just felt like I went with, I went with do my gut. Do it feels right. Yeah, I did, I did feels right. So I will wrap this up by asking just one question of you, Mike. Yes. Quickly. Would you live on the space day? I would live on the space day. Yeah. They have hydroponic gardening. They have, I'm a little questionable as to how much gravity they have. Uh, artificially mm. so with put some on. small tweaks perhaps small tweaks you could be convinced um yeah maybe beef up the it security maybe secure a little bit more funding yeah. 500 million dollars isn't going to get us that far that'll get you lunch for a year that's right um but yeah i would i would live on it would you live on it i don't think so uh yeah you're I think more I would of an aunt judy i'm more of an aunt judy i yeah. would feel too claustrophobic up there you're probably right but what if you could just free spacewalk yeah, I mean, I, I okay, so I would maybe live on the space day for like a month tops. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not forever. No, not a permanent stay. Listeners, let us know what you think. Would you stay on the space station? Would you not? Did you like this movie? Keep us posted. Um, we love to hear from you. If you have any thoughts, feedback, whatnot. Um, but as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next time when we talk about something else. I have a little surprise for you. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, this is It's very, it's kind of giving bondage, right? Keep going. Could you be my supernova girl? Okay, bye. All right, love you. <laughs> Decom Decoded is produced by Liz Matajasic and Mike Mitra. Follow us on Instagram at decom underscore decoding.